Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Looking good tonight. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. I love it. Has anybody enjoyed this Defenders series? Yeah. So we're closing it out tonight. It's been a, been a great series. Uh, we probably should have called it Offenders because it's more about being on the offense. So we're going to offend some demonic, we already have, offend some demonic spirits tonight in the name of Jesus. They cannot touch our people anymore. This is ridiculous. It's over. Cutting that off, that crap off. So, um, about a year ago, May 4th to be exact, I had a dream, and uh, the dream was I was uh, flying a combat uh, helicopter gunship, and yeah, it was pretty awesome, and I was, I was by myself in the sky, like there were no other support helicopters with me, and I was in a battle with a a destroyer, a ship, but I was clearly, I knew it was a destroyer. And in the dream, what, what felt like hours, I was dodging and, and maneuvering my helicopter to dodge these missiles and bullets and everything that was, the, that was coming from this destroyer. It was an all-out assault. And I flash back to that quite a bit because it was so physically and mentally exhausting that I've, I've had this dream in my mind and in my heart for almost a year now. And all of a sudden, as I felt my, my strength kind of come to the last, in my headpiece, my ear set, I heard my commander's voice. And he said this, use your missiles. You have weapons. Use them, and so I navigated down closer to the destroyer, still dodging these bullets, and I pointed my guns right at the bridge of that destroyer, and I just let everything loose on the thing that I had, and it sunk the destroyer. And I made my way back to my home base, my aircraft carrier, and I landed. See, here's the thing. You have an enemy that's out to get you. We've seen that physically, mentally. He is out to steal and kill and destroy, right? But we've already won the victory. Jesus Christ has already won the victory. And here's the thing. You have weapons. Use them. We win. Use your weapons. This last month, um, I missed two Sundays because the enemy was trying to take me out. You know, if I miss one Sunday, I'm like half dead in a ditch somewhere. But if I miss two, it's, it's a big problem. Battling some pneumonia, the enemy went after my voice, my breath, the thing that God's given me that I know is so special. There's nothing I would rather do than preach the word of God. And he lost. Yeah. 
Amen. And the enemy's going to lose at the other people he's trying to take out in this church as well. It's over. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians. He says, we're pressed on every side by troubles. Yep. But we're not crushed. We are perplexed. That is very true. But we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked up, but we are not destroyed. That dragon from Revelation 12, he is out. He is in full force coming after the remnant of Jesus Christ. But he has not won. He will not win. He's, just, he's doing this because he knows his time is very short. He knows the truth better than we do. He's done. He's finished. And Paul says in Ephesians, he says, when you've done everything to stand, do what? Keep standing. Why don't you stand up? Jesus, we're so thankful that you never will let us down. We're so thankful that you're for your son who came as a second Adam to save us. We are so in love with you, Jesus. I pray, God, that my words would be straight from your throne room tonight. I don't want any part of me in this. I pray that you would convict hearts and minds, that you would do something tonight that would shift this body of believers, that would shift each and every one of us, that would shift my heart and every heart that is listening to this message. I pray this in Jesus' holy name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Okay, so normally I'm a big proponent of taking notes during message, uh, a message. I, I take notes on every single message at this church and other churches. But tonight, I don't want you to take notes. Uh, but I want you to do one thing. Get out your phone. And prepare a text to yourself. You're going to text yourself. If you've never done this before, it is possible. <laughs> and you're going to write this phrase so you can see it tomorrow. One phrase, take the high ground. Take the high ground. When you're done with that, put your phone away, and I want you to close your eyes. Take the high ground. This first half of this message, I'm going to have you close your eyes. And the reason we do this, you know, the reason we close our eyes during prayer or worship is so that we focus, so that we can see, not in the natural, but see uh, in the spiritual realm. The actually, the, the highest realm, the most um, visible realm, not to us right now on earth, but the greatest realm of possible existence. I'm going to continue my year-long series in Revelation and uh, preach from Revelation 4 and 5 tonight. And just to set this up, in case you don't remember, the Apostle John, he's a prisoner on the island of Patmos. And the island of Patmos, the Romans used to basically crush rocks and use throughout their empire. And so these prisoners would crush the rocks. And John is 80-some years old. 
He's a prisoner. All the other apostles are dead, the early disciples of Jesus Christ. And he's the last one. The church is in a rough shape. And Jesus shows up to him on this island. He shows him the greatest reality that there is of himself. Revelation uh, is the Greek word apocalypse, which basically means the unveiling. Jesus is tearing back the curtain for you and I to see through what John is saying. And so in chapter one, he has this encounter with Jesus Christ, the warrior Jesus Christ in all of his glory. And then chapters two and three, he's writing letters to churches. And in chapter four, this is what happens. This is John. Close your eyes. Then suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, I saw a portal open into the heavenly realm. And the same trumpet voice, that's the voice of Jesus, I heard speaking with me at the beginning, said, ascend into this realm. It's interesting because in the last letter he had written, in chapter 3, if you remember, Jesus stood knocking at his door. Remember? And now, chapter 4, a door is opening, a portal is opening into the throne room of heaven. And Jesus says this, I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. Instantly, John says, he was taken into the spirit realm, and behold, I saw a heavenly throne being set in place and someone seated upon it. His appearance was sparkling like crystal and glowing like a carnelian gemstone. Aren't you glad that there is a throne and that there is someone seated on the throne Right here, right now, the same window is open to the throne room of heaven, and he is seated. He is not anxious. He is not even lifting a finger. He is not worried. He's completely in control in the throne room of heaven. And John says he's trying to describe his appearance, but it's basically indescribable. It's this form that's translucent like crystal, but it also looks like a man up to being. And he says, surrounding the throne, there was this circle of green light, like an emerald rainbow. And encircling all around the great throne were 24 thrones with elders. And these elders, you see, represent you and I. They're the 12 tribes of Israel plus the 12 apostles it's this picture of the church, you and I, the believers who follow Jesus. Picture that in your mind. Eyes closed. I know. Don't fall asleep. These elders were in glistening white garments. Seated upon their thrones, each wearing a golden crown of victory. That's you. Wearing a golden crown of victory. See, through Jesus, you have already won. And pulsing from the throne were blinding flashes of lightning. Lightning is often used as an emblem of the word of God going forth. 
Do you remember when Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning? It's the word of God going forth and shattering the back of the enemy. Just imagine there's lightning right now pulsating from the throne, breaking the plans of the enemy, breaking the back of the enemy, dismantling the works of Satan. And John says there are crashes of thunder and voices and burning before the throne were seven blazing torches which represent the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, one of my favorite parts, there's pavement like a crystal sea of glass. I love this because everything in front of the throne is perfectly peaceful and still and calm. There's no waves on this sea of glass. There's no storms on this sea of glass. It's just peace in front of the Almighty God. And around the throne and on each side stood four living creatures. This is a picture of all creation. The four winds, the four seasons. And they're literally holding up the throne, all of creation. And these creatures had, were full of eyes in the front and in the back. They have the ability to see into different realms, into different times, past, future. The first living creature resembled a lion. The second, an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of the four living creatures had six wings, full of eyes all around and under their wings. And they worshipped without ceasing day and night, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is coming. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to the one who is enthroned and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, that's you, remember, that's you, fell face down before the one seated on the throne. And they worshiped the one who lives forever and ever. And check this out, they surrendered the crowns on their head and they laid them at his feet, singing, you are worthy, Lord God, to receive honor and glory and power for you created all things and for your pleasure they were created and exist. And John said, I saw that the one seated on the throne was holding in his right hand an unopened scroll with writing on the inside and on the outside, and it was sealed with seven seals. Then I saw an angel, incredibly powerful, proclaiming with a great loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll, to break and release its seven seals? But no person could be found living or dead or in all of creation. In all of creation, no one was worthy to open the scroll and read its contents. So I broke down weeping with intense sorrow because there was found no one worthy to break open the scroll and read its contents. 
Then one of the elders turned to John and said, John, stop weeping. Look. Look. That's the theme of Revelation. Look. That's why you're closing your eyes right now, because you're looking into another realm. He said, look. The mighty lion of Judah's tribe, the root of David, he has conquered. He is the worthy one who can open its scroll and the seven seals. And John, excited, turns around to look back towards the throne, expecting to see the mighty conquering lion. But he sees something else. He says, then I saw a young lamb standing in the middle of the throne. Who's on the throne? God. If the lamb is standing in the middle of the throne, who is he? God. And the lamb was encircled by the four living creatures and the 24 elders. He appeared to have been slaughtered, but was now alive. And he had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, represents the perfection of God that God sent out to the ends of the earth. And I saw the young lamb approach the throne and take the scroll from the right hand of the one who sat there. And when the 24 elders, that's you, and the four living creatures, that's all of creation, saw the lamb had taken the scroll, they fell face down at the feet of the lamb and worshiped him. Each of them had a harp and golden bowls brimming with the sweet, fragrant incense, which are the prayers of God's holy lovers. Isn't that incredible that the prayers that we pray tonight are filling up bowls of incense in the throne room of God? That will make you want to pray more. God, that we would fill those bowls up to overflowing. And they were all singing this new song of praise to the Lamb, saying, because you were slaughtered for us, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God out of every tribe and language and people group and nation. You have chosen us to serve our God and formed us into a kingdom of priests who reign who reign, who reign on the earth. That's you, who reign right here, right now on the earth because of the Lamb. You have been chosen, you have been formed as a kingdom of priests to reign on the earth. Then John said, I looked. There it is again. And I heard the voices of myriads hundreds of thousands of millions of angels in circles around the throne, as well as the voices of the living creatures, all that's all creation, and the elders, that's you. He says myriads and myriads, there's too many to count. And I watched all of them singing with thunderous voices, worthy, is Christ the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive great power and might and wealth and wisdom and honor and glory 
and praise. Then every living being joined the angelic choir, every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth, in the sea, that's the whales, because they sing already, and everything in them were worshiping with one voice saying, praise, honor, glory, and dominion to God enthroned, to Christ the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures responded, Amen. And the 24 elders, that's you, threw themselves face down to the ground and worshiped. You can open your eyes. What I just read is happening right now as real as it did for John on the island of Patmos when he was 80 years old, it is happening right now. Could you see it? Could you get a glimpse of it? What I just read is the greatest reality that you could ever experience, greater reality than me looking at you, talking to you right now. It is a different dimension, but you as a believer of Jesus Christ, you are part of that dimension. Paul says you are seated in heavenly places. The eldership, that's you. See, here's the thing. If I've been fascinated with the throne room for two or three months now. If we would live our lives from the perspective of the throne room down to earth, it would change everything. The problem is, we live our lives from earth looking up to heaven. When you're actually seated there already. Look. John says it a gazillion times in Revelation. Look. Close your earthly eyes. Look at what's really going on. I mean, it's no wonder why the North American church is losing battles to principalities and powers. Because we're fighting from a horrible position. We're fighting from down here instead of from up here. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you that he said to John. Ascend to this realm. Come up here. Take the high ground. See, in military strategy... You always take the high ground. That's the best position to fight from. In my, my dream, I, I had the advantage because I was the helicopter, right? I could maneuver. I had the high ground. And just like that destroyer in my dream, the enemy is trying to take you out. In your mind, physically, we know these, these bodies are, are wearing away. <laughs> that's why Paul, in that, in that chapter that I just read, that's why Paul says, hey, but we're, we know that, that's fine, but our spirit are being renewed every day. And the only way your spirit gets renewed every day is if you're living from the high place, from the position of the throne room. It's like our guy James. You know, so many of us, I raise my hand with all of you, we are tossed to and fro in these waves 
the mental anxiety is overwhelming. And James says, does anybody want wisdom? Does anybody want Jesus? Okay. He says, just make sure you ask. Empowered by what? Confident faith. That's what overcomes fear. Confident faith. The things that you can't see with your earthly eyes. Without doubting. Oh yeah, don't, don't doubt. That you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Been there. Anybody else? Being undecided makes you like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. The exact opposite of the throne room crystal sea. You're up one minute, tossed down the next. Yep, been there. When you're half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Heart condition, heart condition, heart condition. He doesn't want 95% of it. He wants all of it. He gave everything for you. That means you take up your cross and follow him. You give everything for him. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You give up everything. And then when, you, when you're seated on that throne, surrounding the throne room, and he, he puts that crown on your head, what do you do? You fall off that throne on your face, and you give that crown back over and over and over again. I think a lot of us are stumbling over gifts that he's given us, crowns that we don't want to give back. It's become idolatry. The very gift of God has become idolatry to us. And we refuse to get off our our thrones. And we're like, oh, this was from God. It's time to fall on our faces. Time is short. I could have died a couple weeks ago but I'm ready to die. That's how we defeat the enemy. By the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimonies, and we don't care about these physical bodies because we live in a spiritual realm, a higher reality. Does anybody want to live there with me? You'll remember this story, and there's like three or four different versions in the gospel, but I'll read the one from Matthew. The disciples, they, uh, they all, and Jesus, they all got into a boat and they began to cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus exhausted. Anybody see the last um, chosen? Yeah. No words needed at the end there. And Jesus exhausted. You can see why. Well, the disciples are just panning around like you and me. Just shining up our crowns. Holding on to our thrones. Jesus exhausted fell, fell asleep. Suddenly, a violent storm developed with waves so high, the boat was about to be swamped. Yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. That's awesome. You know why? Because he's living up here. He's living on the crystal glass sea. He's not affected by what's happening on the waves that are about to take out the boat. And the disciples woke Jesus up, saying, Save us, Lord, we're going to die. I mean, it was pretty serious that it was about to capsize the boat. But Jesus reprimanded them. I want, I want you to picture yourself as a disciple and Jesus asking you this question. 
after you've just woken them up because your earthly perspective, like, help, Lord, up in heaven. Jesus looks at you and says, why are you gripped with fear? Where is your faith? The antidote to fear is faith. Look. Don't look at your circumstances. Look at what's really going on. Look to the throne room. And Jesus stood and rebuked the storm, saying, be still. And instantly, it became perfectly calm, just like the throne room. And the disciples were astonished by this miracle and said to one another, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey his words. Why are we gripped with fear? I think worse than the, definitely worse than the physical attack on my body, and I've talked to a lot of others in the last few months, is the attack on my mental mind and my heart. The fear. In another, and I think it's in Mark, Jesus says in that same situation, he says, why are you so cowardly? You have such little faith. Where is your faith? We are people of faith, not fear. That, that same word that, that he rebuked the storm is in the Greek is the same word that is used every time Jesus casts out a demon. He rebuked it. He was forbidding it. He was binding it. Binding the fear, loosing the peace. How do we grab that kind of faith? It's by doing what Jesus told John to do. Ascend into this realm. Take the high ground. I've always loved to travel and geography and from when I was a little kid, you know, before the internet, there were days before the internet, I would, um, I would order through the mail, like you could get free um, state magazines, and I, I had like piles of them in my room. I mean, I, I guarantee Geography Challenge, it's on. I know it. But one of the things I love doing, and I still love to this day whenever I travel, is I love to go to the highest point of an area. Like, first time I came to Peoria, um, went, up, went up the heights, saw that beautiful, world's most beautiful drive, right? WMBD. I love to see the high ground, and I think that's something God's put in me because of this spiritual connection. Take the high ground. One of my favorite uh, views in the entire world is in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Sugarloaf Mountain, you take these cable cars up there. And the reason I love it is because you can see something for 360 degrees. You look, um, you look this way and you see the, the airport and they're just tiny planes taking off this runway towards you. And then they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're coming like right at the mountain. And then they just like turn away in the ocean. You turn over here and you see the whole huge bay with iron ore Huge ships coming in and out. They're just tiny over there. And you turn this way, you see Copacabana Beach and the 
the two brothers' mountains over here, and then you turn this way, the best. You see the Christ, the Redeemer statue with his arms open like this, looking back at you. It's one of my favorite views. Take the high ground, because you can see everything. You can see the greatest perspective from up there. We have to be living from the throne room down, not the other way around. Jesus says, ascend into this realm. It's an invitation for how we live our lives. And as a follower of Jesus, I said it before, you are already, you're seated with him in heavenly places. You have access, just like John had access. That's your greatest reality of where you're living. And because of the Lamb, he's formed you into a kingdom of priests to reign on this earth. You reign. <laughs> you're bringing, you should be, at least ushering the kingdom in. Because if the kingdom is inside you, if the throne room is inside you, it should be coming out of you. Amen? You have the authority to rebuke the enemy because of your position. You're higher than them. You're higher than principalities and power. We're struggling like this, like, oh my goodness, all these principalities and powers when we should be just like, you're under my feet, Satan. Where are you operating from? But see, this is, you have to take your heart and take your mind like every second of every day and move it to that place. No one's going to do it for you. You got to make the conscious. That's what faith is. The evidence of things that you can't see with these eyes. But it's true. It's very true. It is the highest truth. Ascend into this realm. Operate your life from the highest place. Operate your heart from the throne room of God. I love what Psalm 91 verse 1 says. I love all of Psalm 91. It's beautiful. I see it every time I walk up my stairs. Peyton, thank you. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, those who live, another translation says, those who dwell. Those who dwell where? In the shelter of the Most High will find what? Rest in the shadow of the Almighty. See, when you're, that word dwell in Hebrew means to like literally take a seat. Where are you dwelling? Where is your heart dwelling? Because if you're taking a seat in the throne room, you're going to be in the shadow of the Most High. You're going to find rest. Doesn't mean that the storm's not real, right? But you can operate with a crystal sea mentality, a mentality of peace. Where's your heart living? Where's your mind living? We have to choose faith over fear. Every second of every day, we choose it. If you uh, have been attacked recently mentally, especially with fear, I want you to stand. Or physically, been attacked physically. All right, put your... Uh, Put your, lay your hand on somebody that's standing. 
We're just going to take a moment in the storm of this life and do what Jesus did and rebuke these attacks. We're going to bind the enemy and lose peace. Jesus, we come with your authority from the throne room of heaven and we speak peace. We say calm over every heart and mind, especially those that are standing here. Receive, receive this right now. We break the back. We pray that lightning would strike from the throne room of heaven right now on this demonic attack. That you would break the back of the enemy right now in every heart and mind that's standing right now. The enemy is not allowed to operate in this church. Not allowed. His, his day is, is done. Yesterday was his last day. We're serving him notice. He's evicted. He's out. Jesus, I claim victory over every circumstance, of, of, of every rogue wave that seems to be crashing these boats right now. I claim your dominion, your glory, your peace that passes all of our understanding. That it would guard these hearts and minds in the name of Christ Jesus. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is our refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For you will rescue us from every trap and protect us from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises. Yes, those promises that you gave up on, they are true. They are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors by night. Know the arrow that flies by day. Do not dread the COVID disease that stalks in the darkness. Go back to the pit of hell, COVID. Nor the disaster that strikes at noonday. Though a thousand fall at your side. Ten thousand are dying all around you. These evils will not touch you. But just open your eyes. Look. See how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, then no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold, up, hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample on lions and cobras because you're living in a high place. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. And when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them salvation. Praise God. Amen. Amen. On uh, Sunday, March 5th, I'm sorry, March 7th of this year, I was in this room right over here, worshiping. I think we have a picture of it. Somebody snapped this picture, and I'm very grateful for them. Jared, thank you. In this moment, during worship, 
I was having a vision of the throne room. I, I can't fully describe it for you. But this is what the Holy Spirit, some of what the Holy Spirit said. And, and Jilly, she, 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 she was looking. She knew something was happening. <laughs> I, I felt a little hand there. I didn't know whose it was until afterwards. She knows the Holy Spirit. She knew what was happening. And let the children come. If you ever get one of these kids to lay hands on you, in this church, receive it, yes, amen. But while I'm having this vision of the throne room, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said from the inside out, build from my spirit outward, not from the outside in. Establish the kingdom from the inside out, Chris. has to start from the throne room down, not the other way around. We've got to get this perspective in our hearts from the inside out. You want to build the kingdom of God? From the inside out, all of your heart, face down before the throne. And then in my vision, I saw a picture of many of you in the throne room and you're dressed like warriors. And you're kneeling before the throne. And you're taking your crowns, putting them at his feet. Over and over and over again, you were laying your crowns at his feet. You want to be a defender? You want to build the kingdom of God? It starts from the inside out. It starts by taking the throne that he's put you on, the crown that he set on your head, and falling bright on your face before him and giving that right back to him. Laying it all back at his feet. That's how the kingdom's built. So I want to invite you, I I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to speak to you, I don't know how tonight, to each of you different ways. I believe that you can have an encounter with Jesus tonight that will change you for the rest of your life. If you receive from him, if you set your perspective on the throne room. If you ascend into this realm. If you take your heart and your mind and you just, you set it in that high place. So I just want to invite you to come and kneel at the altar and do that. And I think that there's many of you, I know there's actually many of you that need to surrender some crowns. That need to take some things that that are good things that he's given you and put it right back at his feet. See, anything can be turned into an idol. Your job, your finances, your children, 
whatever it is, lay it back down at his feet. Don't miss this moment. Just let your spiritual eyes look. Listen. He's speaking to you. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was in your past, who is right now in your present, who is coming in your future. Father, receive these crowns. We lay back down at your feet. 